It is Indiana Outdoor Show time. Of course it is. It's Saturday. I am your host, Brian Pointer. Great to be with you. So many things happening. Graduations. Uh, got one of those myself this week. Big one. Last one from college. Hard to believe. But we have an Indiana Outdoor Show that I've been very excited for all week long here on uh, on this weekend. In and amongst everything else that's going on in the month of May, was out at the track for the uh, first time, and it was stunning. I think there were 26 cars out there. Uh, kind of gave you a race day feel in the middle of the week, and uh, had some pretty good. I had a pretty good vantage point in a suite on turn two. I know you're crying for me, but. It was pretty cool to uh, spend some time out there and watch. Anyway, we got a big show. I don't want to take a whole lot of time here. Scott Salmon with the BHA is going to be with us, the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Ken Campbell, Gunsight Academy. Allison Gillette, non-game bird biologist. We're talking peregrine falcons. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Scott, I don't want to take any more time. So we're going to get right to it when we return right after this. It is the Indian Outdoor Show, and of course, I am your host, Brian Pointer. Many thanks for being with us this weekend. Lots going on in the month of May. None more important by any stretch than the Indian Outdoor Show each and every Saturday. Thank the stations that carry us. We couldn't do this without them, so if you like what we do, make sure you just give them a little shout out and say thanks, and many thanks to the studios around the state of Indiana that have picked us up. And Carry Indiana Outdoors were brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives. That's the number two. Of course, no better feature than this month of May, speaking of drivers. So get out there when you buy your hunting and fishing license. You can sign up to be an organ and tissue donor and help Hoosiers get off that donor waiting list. Anyway, we are back uh, here in the studio. It's been a beautiful week in the state of Indiana. I just love this transition time of the year. Thankfully, we've had a little bit of a spring. People are back in the state parks. People are back outdoors. We had an absolutely stunningly successful, probably record year for turkeys in the state of Indiana. I've seen people find their first mother load of morels. That would not have been me, but... I am happy for all of those who did. We've got a lot of great organizations throughout the state of Indiana who are also busy this time of the year, and frankly, for that matter, any time of the year. None more important than the BHA, the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, and Friends of the White River. We've got double duty today. Scott Salmon joins us. He is the executive director of Friends of the White River, and also a board member for the BHA. It's great to have you back on Indiana Outdoors. How have you been? I've been busy, man. <laughs> it is, you weren't kidding. It is a busy time of year trying to fit in all the activities and work stuff and then squeeze in some turkey hunting. And Yeah, you can run yourself really tired doing all that. You know, it's great because I, I there's no better time to get outdoors than today. And I say that whether it's spring, summer, winter, or fall. But when that transition happens and people kind of wake up out of their slumber like a bear, they uh, realize, holy smokes, there's so much things, there's so many things happening. We've got fairs and festivals going on all over the state. We've got mushrooms. We've got turkeys. And did you get out and hunt it all this year, this spring? Yeah, I got out. Um, my dad and I were down in uh, Monroe County 
chasing some some turkeys around so uh neither of us uh managed to harvest anything but uh it was you know always a really great time and um you know folks were always talking about you know when the when the cicadas come you know two years later is when all the the best turkey hunting is going to be happening and i had high hopes for this season um so it was uh, it was just a really great time to to be outdoors and turkey season always goes by too quickly. Well, let me ask you: Did you see or hear any? Oh yeah, we were working um, a Jake that was kind of across a, a property line and um, right around right around noon and pretty confident that it was you know not <laughs> didn't really quite understand what to do that time of year. So uh, I think by the time. We were seeing a lot of birds, a lot of the, the two-year-old birds had already been harvested, and the ones that uh, that hadn't were call shy. So, Well, I've heard, and I haven't heard officially yet, but this is going to be a record year by a long shot, and it doesn't surprise me. The weather was great throughout turkey season, mild winter, the hatch was great, and yeah. you know those birds that you said when the cicada hatched, I think they fed... F- got themselves real fat and healthy and happy i don't know of any turkey hunter that went out and said i didn't hear anything i didn't see anything i don't know what's yeah. going on i think we're going to have over sixteen thousand birds harvested this year and that's a record uh when it officially comes out that's just amazing to think what a dynamic change that has been in the last 20 years since birds were introduced into the state of indiana now all 92 counties you know have an opportunity practically for most of the counties have an opportunity for turkey hunting we've talked about this success and just like you you've got your dad out there you've made great memories you talked a little turkey and if anybody doesn't know what i'm talking about when you get in the woods in the spring and you can imitate a turkey and have a conversation with them literally that is as good as anything and putting meat on the table I think yeah, that's where the fun is. Yeah, that's where the fun is. Um, you know, you can go out and and deer hunt and put two or three deer in your freezer, um, but to do it, you have to be freezing sometimes, and um, it's more about uh, you know keeping motivated in in the fall in the cold. For me, um, I I don't need any motivation to go out and turkey hunt. That's that's just a lot of fun and um, a lot a lot more accessible. I think when you know, the weather's a little warmer, and you don't have to quite worry about about the severe the severe cold. Well, if nothing else, you you got to spend some time in the woods with your dad and make some memories, and hopefully, you didn't come back with too many ticks. Because I've heard people come back with stories this year. It's been great to be in the woods, but the ticks are active. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of those things. You know, you hear on um, some people podcast the the mammalian meat allergy that's connected with you know having ticks it's something i'm kind of paranoid about you know i try to try to hunt from a blind whenever possible and then you know treat my clothes especially the um you know my my feet my my gaiters and then uh you know have a bandana with bug spray on too so that you know just multiple layers rubber boots all those protective layers just kind of mitigates the risk but yeah you go and some of these these deep woods public land or, or private and uh, you're bound you're bound to have some ticks on you well let's talk about some fun stuff here 
Why don't we start with Friends of the White River? I don't think people really have, we don't talk about it enough uh, as we should. White River is one of the great Indiana tributaries, great fishery, but it's had a storied history. And if it weren't for the Friends of White River, we may still be in a mess. But this goes back several decades here, as long as Indiana Outdoors has been on the radio. What do you do as the executive director? Well, yeah, Friends of the White River has been around since uh, 1985. We got our tax-exempt status in 1986, and it was initially really focused on uh, smallmouth catch-and-release advocacy as well as um, cleaning up public access sites. There was a lot of illegal dumping that still continues, but it's less severe than it was in in the mid-'80s. Uh, with the the fish kill along the West Fork out of the Guide Corporation in in 1999, the switch of an organization to focus on um, advocacy for things like water quality and the restoration of the fishery. Um, And then after the uh, restoration was completed, you know, as far as the restocking, there was really this concern amongst people that, you know, the White River was toxic waste, and if you put your toe in it, it would melt off. Right. So, well, that's when we started our, our outdoor recreation program called River School. So we have a fleet of uh, seven Hypalon 12-foot whitewater rafts that uh, we get people who have never really experienced being on, on any river. Uh, we, we do that in Hamilton and, and Marion counties as our primary uh, operation area. So that's what I do all summer is uh, take people on the river and introduce them to nature and talk about the outdoors. So, Well, you're very good at it. Scott Salmon is the executive director of the Friends of White River, and we have been talking here not by choice or by design, but we talked about the Eagle program. Uh, we're going to be talking about peregrine falcons here a little later on in the show. And these reintroduction programs have been so successful. We mentioned turkey when my heck when I started uh, hunting as a young guy, it was there was very few places in the state of Indiana open to turkey. Now, as I said, it's uncommon if you don't go out and see turkeys, and and, and more prevalent that you're going to be successful, even though it's still a hard bird to catch. But you know, the friends of the White River when that when that spill happened it was catastrophic and people were talking about it'll never recover and well mother nature is perfect in all ways and you've demonstrated through action that people with their help and helping mother nature can come back and flourish and that's what's happened yeah and you know a lot of times um when you have a, a fish kill the um the, the preference really is for uh, nature and, and natural restoration. Unfortunately, people have modified the, the West Fork of the White River uh, with low head dams, and so that natural migration can't occur. Uh, that is what necessitated the restoration because the, there's four, five, six, seven, eight low head dams if you include the ones um, you know that have been taken out at this point. Uh, kind of stopping the flow of fish up and down the entire West Fork. Exactly. And uh, thank you for all the work that you do. And I know that we always like to help people. If you need volunteers, you want people to get involved, you want to spread your mission, where do people get more info on Friends of the White River? 
Absolutely, yeah. Our we just launched our our newly redesigned website, uh, friendsofwhiteriver.org. There's information there about our our three programs: so environmental justice, watershed restoration, and then the, the outdoor recreation program. Any group that's interested in um, potentially getting folks out on on the White River, it can be any group. We have homeowners associations. Uh, you know, company team building activities, church groups, uh, all those groups are eligible to, to come paddle with us. <laughs> it's a pretty easy link to find the paddle with us. Uh, we also have uh, memberships, donations available, and uh, sponsorships as well. Let's switch gears real quick um, and pivot because you also wear a hat as a board member for the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. And I love talking to the folks that are involved, passionate group. Uh, relatively new chapter in the history of BHA doing great work and I mean that literally in the state of Indiana hard working dedicated group of volunteers what is BHA to start and then tell me what, what's late and upcoming and maybe some of your upcoming pint nights and give, gatherings and volunteer opportunities right so Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is a nationwide public lands uh, advocacy organization uh, started out west um, and then gradually moved uh, eastward over the, the last uh, 15 years or so. Um, each chapter kind of runs its own affairs, and, and but we're all one big 501c3. And so the, the focus of the organization is on, on public lands and waters, access, um, fair chase, and then opportunities to hunt for people who, you know, didn't necessarily grow up hunting and angling that, that recruitment and retention activities. It's, it's hard to learn how to do some of these Western big game hunts. And so, uh, increasing opportunity that way is, is a big part of the organization's mission. You know, well, here in Indiana, go ahead. No, I was going to, you're transitioning to Indiana, which is great. And what I was going to say is you do great work here in our home state. And I mean that literally great work. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so we've uh, it's been a busy winter and spring. We had a, a fundraising event, a, a field to table night that was um, at the the Fisher's Test Kitchen. We had around um, I'm trying to think it was fifty or so folks that uh, were there to learn about public lands, but also do wild game tasting. Our um, chapter had donated wild game from you know. We had deer, we had uh, rabbit. I'm trying to think of the, the menu. The menu changed up until the last minute. We had two uh, fantastic chefs, uh, Chris from the Smoking Goose here in Indianapolis and, and Neil Brown as well. Both of them were our BHA members and uh, really helped out with, with all the cooking. It was maybe the best food I'd had in a long time. Uh, so that kind of kicked off our, our season here. Uh, we had a public lands pack out over in uh, Terre Haute on the Wabashiki Fish and Wildlife Area in cooperation with the, the first um, college chapter at Indiana State for, for backcountry hunters and anglers. And as a any alum, it's really cool to see the first uh, college chapter here um, coming from that from that school. I love it. And, you know, it's a great organization, and you just can't get enough – uh, volunteers and I always want to make sure people know that there are opportunities because I get questions a lot throughout the year like well I'd like to do something I don't know who to call well 
there's a myriad of folks like the BHA that get people together. It's fun. It's social. You're welcoming. You don't have to have doesn't matter your age your skill level your talent there's opportunities and the fellowship is fantastic and uh, go ahead and give people the information on BHA how to reach you and get involved in one of these upcoming events right so we have um, it's backcountryhunters.org and then there's uh, several other (laughs) ways you can go directly to the chapter like the Indiana chapter um, sort of sub page, or you can look at uh, the the events page on the site as well, and that'll give you events um, kind of throughout the whole um, the whole region and and country. So if you happen to be traveling, you know you might be able to pick out going to a pint night um, in Nashville, Tennessee, if you're there for work or something. So it's really a great. The fact that the the culture of the organization is so focused on public lands and really focused on yep. you know just that just that social aspect, you know, it's oftentimes as as hunters and anglers, it's very solitary pursuit. You know, you're out there, you're trying to be quiet, you're trying to you know keep the smell and you know visual you know aspects to a minimum doesn't really unless you're out bird hunting doesn't really right lots of people don't really help your chance of success so the the social support for um you know hunting and angling really needs to take place you know when you're back home and that's yep. swapping hunting stories over a, a beer at our you know, pint nights is a great I thing love to it. do that. Scott, as always, thanks for being a part of Indiana Outdoors. Get in touch with either of the friends of the White River or BHA. Thanks for being with us and have a great weekend. Keep up the great work, my friend. Thank you. My pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I, your host, Brian Pointer. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Back right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer, of course, brought to you by our good friends at Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Help some Hoosiers get off that donor waiting list. You can do it when you buy your hunting and fishing license, and it's so easy. Driven to save lives.org. Always great to be with you. It's a beautiful time of the year to get out in the great Indiana outdoors and beyond. It's always a great idea to keep yourself up to date training wise. We've talked a lot about gun issues here this year already, and as you all know from my conversations, I'm a big advocate of Gunsight Academy out in Arizona, and it's great to visit with Ken Campbell, the CEO. It's great to have you back on Indiana Outdoors. You've got some Hoosier connections here. You're good friends with a regular contributor of ours, uh, Brent Wheat, who I understand is out there this week as well. But Ken, it's always great to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors, and I hear continued great stories and success coming out of Gunsight Academy. What is Gunsight? Well, gosh, Brian, there's so many things I can start talking about here. First, thanks for having me on again. I appreciate that. And I've listened to your show. I can remember getting up to get ready to go deer hunting with my buddy Brent. <laughs> and uh, when you were on at O-Dark 100 there at yep. the IBC and listening. But anyway, uh, Gunsight is the world's oldest and largest privately owned firearms training academy. 
It was founded by uh, the late Jeff Cooper in 1976. Uh, we were 162 acres then, and uh, we're near 3,500 acres now. 27 ranges. We can shoot from contact out to 2,400 yards. Pistol, carbine, shotgun. We do hunting courses as well, North American Game and Safari. Um, we teach everybody from your listener right there to the CIA to celebrities like Tom Selleck and uh, uh, Maynard uh, Keenan from the band Tool and, and so on and so on. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's Disneyland with guns. As I have said, I am a big proponent of keeping your skills sharp, and you offer a wide variety, and I encourage everybody to get on your website and subscribe to your newsletter. But more importantly, with uh, all the world turning a little crazier every day, I have had in the last two years, you can go back however long you want, I get asked weekly of people saying, hey, I'm thinking about getting a firearm. What would you recommend? And I always go through my litany of things. I send them to the right people. Whether they do or they don't, there's a lot of people considering firearm purchases. The one thing I do say is, listen, if you've never shot, just go out and try a lot of different things, but get yourself comfortable with whatever you choose and being tactically aware and knowing exactly what to do. That's where gun sight comes in and I've known so many people our good friend Guy Relford who's a a great friend of Indian Outdoors Brent Wheat they're all great advocates and spend a lot of time in your training out there and I know that that's important to you to get people educated as well absolutely Jeff Cooper said it best just because you own a piano does not make you a musician (laughs) I'm going to borrow that one that uh, one's good yeah it's well you know again I stole it from him but it makes sense Um, you know you uh you go to the gun store, you make that selection, you buy that gun, you shoot it a dozen times, and you think you're ready to go to, when the flag flies, you're ready to deal with the situation, and that's far from the truth. So you need to get some training. Uh, Gunsight even offers three-day off-site classes in Lebanon, Indiana, uh, at the Lebanon Police Range, and Correct. we've done that for, for many years. So you don't have to come clear out to Arizona. You can you can get training there. But, you know, there's other good training opportunities out there that you've got to be able to take advantage of them and uh, listen and do. I'm glad you brought that up because if you go to your website, it's very complete. It's very easy to navigate your way through. It's a clear description. The expertise that you provide, whether it's off-site, as you said, here in Lebanon in, in the home Hoosier State or it's on-site, I don't think there's anything that can duplicate coming out to gun site and spending that that week with you guys out there where do you get your folks that help and train it's just so deep and so diverse and it's the best of the best that are helping it's not like you're going to get stuck with somebody that you that doesn't know what they're doing you've got full-time professionals out there we thank you we do yeah gunsite.com is our website it's it's one that it's got everything you need to know but our instructors are world-class people and uh, I, I'm not. I'm not shy to say we got the best in the world. Uh, they're, as, as again, as Jeff Cooper said, they've seen the elephant. They're 99% are military law enforcement, um, either active duty or retired, um, and uh, they're subject matter experts. It's not easy to be an instructor here. We're not a club. We're not membership driven. You can't buy your way into being an instructor here. You earn it. And our instructors, if you look at them, men and women, they've got salt and pepper or gray in their hair. 
and I don't know about you, but why you get on a big jet to fly somewhere? When I look in the cockpit, it makes my heart leap with joy <laughs> to see that salt and pepper in that left front seat. Yep. Um, I, I get on because that's knowledge, experience, and wisdom. I get on one of those commuter jets, and I know that's training ground for pilots, but I've got concert t-shirts older than some of those pilots. (laughs) That's very good. So so our our instructors bring real-world experience. We don't change what we do based on what uh, we read in some of the the magazines and certainly online. It's based on real-world experience from our folks and from our clients. We call it Gunsight Family, from our clients all over the world. So you'll get... Real deal training on how to fight with whatever your weapon system is. Well, the, let's just be honest, and and there's no doubt. People know my vigilant defense of the Second Amendment. We have regular conversations with with uh, Guy Relford here, who's probably one of the best constitutional experts on the 2A in, in Indiana. We have folks like Brent Wheat, who is editor of Guns Magazine. We have to be honest, this world is getting dan- more dangerous by the day. And as I tell people, you know, and it's just a fact. If you you use the analogy, if you buy a gun, you go out and you shoot it a dozen times and you think you're ready, you're not. Because most of the time, if you buy a handgun with the sincere intent of personal protection, that ends up being used on you if you ever are in that situation because they don't know what to do. Training, repetitive, uh, muscle memory, all the things that you deal with and all types of weapon systems out there. That's what Gunsight does is helps you be prepared so it doesn't turn out to be a tragic event for yourself. And it's more than just teaching you how to use the gun. It's the mindset. Exactly. Uh, that's a crucial part of what we do. So when, not if, it happens to you, you're not surprised. Uh, you're driving down the road. You're using your outside mirrors. You're using your rearview mirror. You're you're looking out the, the windshield. You're not texting and driving, so you're paying attention. That's what we teach you to do in life. Uh, we, we have you make ready for life, um, just like you make ready for the range. And that way, the, the best thing is to avoid it. Hey, I see something that doesn't make doesn't seem right to me. I'll just cross the street. I'll not go in there. And I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to make sure I make this point clear. We've talked a lot about new. There are people that come over and over because they want to be expertise in. You're dealing with all levels of gun absolutely. ownership, and the 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 most serious professional, and yet the the new people. So there's a wide variety of of expertise that you're going to get when you come out there. We've got a huge influx of new gun owners, right? They say there's 10 million new gun owners. I believe it. And fortunately, many of them, many, many are seeking training. And we love that. They're coming here. Uh, They're recognizing they need to get that training. But we also have people, once we can get you here that first time, I say it's the gateway drug, (laughs) right? Reverting back to my prior life. Um, We'll we'll get you back again. And it is not uncommon at all to have people come here six, seven, eight times. I have numerous, I have hundreds of people who have been here in excess of 20 times. I can list at least two people that have been here over 100 times oh my. over 47 years. So, um, but we teach anybody from that new person. We even started a new class this year called Day Zero. And that's for the person that walks in with a gun in a box and says, I, I don't know anything about this, teach me. So it's a Sunday class preceding our normal five-day 250, and it's a real slower-paced day. We're getting you used to shooting with other people on a firing line, teaching you what the muzzle is, what the trigger is. I mean, these are true novices. 
so Monday when we start up, and we cover these things, but we go pretty fast pace, they're very much more comfortable. So we're, we're real happy with, with day zero, and uh, it's helping these new gun it. owners out. Ken uh, Campbell, the CEO of Gunsight Academy, gunsight.com. Get on, check them out. Bring some Hoosiers out to Paulden, Arizona, your great facility out there. It's always great to visit with you. Tell Brent I said hello, and I can't thank you enough for being a part of Indiana Outdoors this weekend. And uh, we're going to get out and see you and get myself trained up a little bit this year, I'm sure. Thanks so much for being with us, my friend. Don't don't tease me now. I you know. Get out here and see me, and it's always great to talk to folks. Well, I'd like to be able to walk around the range. So as soon as I get this hip fixed here in a, <laughs> a few weeks, we're gonna we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be back in the business. Thanks so much, my friend. Thank you. Take care now. My pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. One of the great guys in the outdoor world, Ken Campbell. Don't go anywhere. We're going to talk Peregrine Falcons with Allison Gillette right after this. great show it is the indiana outdoor show i am your host brian pointer brought to you by indiana donor network driven to save lives.org sign up to be that organ and tissue donor many thanks to ken campbell gunside academy as well as scott salmon who is friends of the white river executive director on the board of bha and we've talked about so many things going on and how beautiful mother nature is Nothing better than the tradition that we have here in the state of Indiana with these species, which we've been talking about reintroduction last week was eagles, and we got uh, all sorts of turkeys that are record season. But we can't forget about our peregrine falcons. And Allison, we've been trying to connect with you, but you've been real busy putting bands on birds. Mm -hmm. How you been? I've been great. It's been really a fun time to actually manage these peregrine falcon chicks. They're they're quite a, a fluffy group of killers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are, and we mean that in the most uh, loving way. But they are a beautiful thing, just thriving in Indiana. I was invited years ago to climb atop the market tower where the bird box was. Is it still there? Yes, it actually is still there, um, which is surprising because it's been up for around, I'd say, three decades now, and it's in okay shape. Yes, and I was invited to come up, and I uh, had great intentions, but I saw what you wackos do out there with those things, and you climb out on the ledge, and this bird box is out there with a peregrine's nest, and you have your hard hats on, and I was like, I'm out. I'm going to watch from a distance here, but you literally get out, and these birds, they don't like it so much when you're messing with their chicks, but very important to ban these birds. Tell me what you do, because it's fascinating. Sure. So with the market tower birds, um, they have the nesting box over the Monument Circle in downtown Indianapolis. It's on the the big building that has the key. The key bank um, is hosted there. And so if you look up at the key, the red key, and you look to the left, that's where the box is. It's about 31 stories up high, and um, we actually go out onto the ledge. And luckily, we have a lot of really courageous people that aren't afraid of heights, um, where we just kind of scoot along that edge and go into the box and get the chicks out. Um, Once we got the chicks in hand, then we put them in a bucket. Surprisingly, yes, it's a bucket. (laughs) They'd fit rather well, um, where they have little um, 
four segments where we put one in each segment because we don't want them fighting with each other. It's good to keep them separate. And then we take the bucket out and bring them down to um, the second floor where we have a nice room set up for the banding. Yeah. I, I, I watched all this and I'm just dumbfounded with how beautiful uh, you, what you guys do to help Mother Nature. And when I was there, the you guys were out there with hard hats because these peregrines will, they, the way they kill, the way they hunt, is they dive bomb. And oftentimes you'll see them here on Monument Circle sometimes dive bombing pigeons, but they were dive bombing your head. Yes, for sure. They love being able to hit directly at the point that is highest on your body, which is your head, unfortunately. And so um, you got to be really careful that your hard hat is on tight instead of loosely. Otherwise, if it's not, it's going to be falling 31 stories down. Yeah. I just was out at that point. I'm scared to death of heights. I don't know what I was thinking, but you guys are doing this. So you collect the chicks, you put the bands on them, a historic program going back decades of of just love affairs with these chicks, and they, they come back and you hope to attract them. What do you do with the information that you gather? Yeah, so we typically, um, each chick gets its own unique combination. Uh, it's a, there's one that's a metal band that's from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service that has a, a unique code on it. I kind of call it something akin to a social security number. So they have that, that one code is specific to that individual, and it's not designated to anybody else. And then you have another band that's got colors on it. This year it's black and blue. And then it's also got a code on it. And so this one you can actually read from a distance with binoculars. And so when somebody actually sees them in, let's say, Wisconsin, and can get an identification on that bird using that color band combination, they can tell us, hey, this bird showed up here and um, it was seen at this time in this location and we can get a good idea as to whether that bird survived first and foremost because a lot of birds unfortunately end up dying in their first year about 60 to 85 percent of them actually end up dying because they're just naive birds they don't know how to navigate the world and all of its complicated features like big buildings and cars and uh, i don't either allison so that doesn't <laughs> bode well for me me neither. Sometimes I fall into uh, perhaps or I trip over myself along the sidewalk. So <laughs> they're doing the same thing. They're dealing with like all these different um, things in the environment that might trip them up or actually end up unfortunately killing them. And so this gives us information. If we do see a bird that's alive and well and hopefully breeding with another bird, um, then we can say this is this one survived and this is a percentage once you gather all those data to say this is how likely our birds are uh, surviving and whether they're actually reproducing, which is important to manage them um, as a population. And that's our ultimate goal is to ensure that they, as a population, are healthy. Allison, it's always great to have you. She's our non-game bird biologist doing what Mother Nature, just a little help and the great stuff and years of history is helping these peregrine falcons thrive. And thank you for all the work that you do and all the other biologists in the department. Appreciate your time and thanks for being a part of Indiana Outdoors. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. What a great way to end the Indiana Outdoor Show. Allison Gillette, one of my favorites, the non-game bird biologist in the state of Indiana. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I, your host, Brian Pointer. We're going to be back right after this. 
I love these shows that go so quick because they're so interesting. Covered a lot of turf today. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. And I am your host, Brian Pointer. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to savelives.org. Part of the theme for the month of May, get on that organ and tissue donor transplant list and help some Hoosiers. Love Allison Gillette, our non-game bird biologist, and she is doing great work as the, all of the biologists do. That bird banding stuff is for real, dude. I am not kidding you. They're 30 stories up, climbing on a ledge with hard hats with these birds bombing them because they're taking their babies and putting bands on them. Cool stuff, but just, yeah, I wasn't going out there. Anyway, our friend Ken Campbell, Gunsight Academy, can't speak highly enough about the work that they do. You've heard the history, the heritage, all diverse training out there, world-class, doesn't even do justice to the work that they provide. Brent Wheat's out there this week, believe it or not. He was too lazy to get up. We're going to be with him, though, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Of course, editor of Guns Magazine, regular contributor. Ken's uh, truly one of the industry experts. I'm glad that he was able to give us some time. Scott Salmon, the backcountry hunters and anglers. Find one of their pint nights. You're not going to want to... You're not going to regret it. They do such great work, and they need the organization uh, filled with volunteers. And, of course, he's also the executive director of the Friends of the White River doing great work and making that thoroughfare thrive. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. It's the month of May. A lot going on. We're going to be back next weekend, of course. As we are each and every weekend, remember to turn in a poacher. 1-800-TIP-I-D-N-R. Be safe. I'll see you outside, everybody. Mm -hmm.